Hey, how you doing? I'm Steve Fullen. Thanks for listening. This episode is supported by the podcast host. If you're looking to start or grow a podcast, check them out via the website beingfreelance.com. They offer everything you could need to get your podcast up and running or growing even bigger. Right now, though, let's find out what it's like being freelance for content creator Ben Adam Smith. If you're starting out in freelancing and you can do everything yourself, it's nice. It's a little safety net that you've got that you know that you can put in the hours and you can bring in that money. But I think this is it's a balancing act. When you've got different people to do your jobs, they're going to eat away at that money that you're bringing in. But it is essential for growth if you want to continue and to be a better business. I think the trickier side for me is I see ahead as to where I want to be. And that often means doing things that don't make sense. (laughs) Yeah, hello. How are you doing? Hope you are well. Just to let you know, if you've not yet got tickets for New Media Europe, a conference in London in June here in the UK, then tickets are on sale now. But also... Uh, Oh, and I mentioned that, of course, because being freelance is part of it. We're going to be doing the show live on the Sunday afternoon, where instead of having one guest, we're going to have a panel of guests and obviously an audience as well. So it should be fun. Um, If you'd like to be part of that, yes, you can get a ticket for the weekend. But also, they have now started selling session tickets for the Sunday only. They are selling tickets for being freelance session on its own. So if you live in the London area or near enough to it to get to it on that Sunday and just fancy coming along to the being freelance session or maybe checking out some of the others on day two, then you can do that individually. Check it out at beingfreelance.com. I'll put the links there. And uh, yeah, it would be great to see you there. If you're able to make it, obviously it's a lot cheaper if you just come for the one session. Uh, And so I figure if you're in the area, you might might well want to do that. That's um, in June, okay? 19th of June is. Right, let's crack on though and chat to this week's guest who is a podcaster himself actually, but a content creator and that is Ben Adam Smith. Hey Ben! Hey Steve! As ever, how about we get started chatting about how you got started being freelance? Well, I was thinking about this, that actually in my professional career, I probably only had one job and that was right at the very beginning. So I've been a freelancer in both television behind the scenes and also radio after that, doing presenting on commercial radio stations, where it's this weird thing that you're a freelancer, but you're actually on a contract for one or two years. So That was the bulk of my 15 years in professional media. But what was happening during that time was technology was allowing different radio stations to link up so that they didn't need so many presenters. They could just knock off a few salaries here and there. And either you found yourself on the right side of the line where you'd be taking control of one of those stations and broadcasting to more people or you'd be on the other side. And I went through this quite a few times. When I started, the radio was live 24 hours a day. And when I finished, you'd be lucky if the breakfast show was live. So that was the the finishing point, really. I'd seen it coming. I knew that I didn't want to go through this again, particularly in the last job where I said, I want to make this clear. You know, I'll give this my all. I'm going to work really hard for you. But I just want some loyalty. That's all I want. And then two or three years later, the same thing happened that breakfast shows were being networked. And I thought, no, that's that's it. I, I need to go and do something different now, something where I am in control. So I'd had a bit of time to think about it. And I wanted to 
create something that I knew I wouldn't get bored of, that was based around my passion. I've been doing a bit of research, listening to business books in the car and all of that sort of thing. And I decided that what really fascinates me is how we're going to solve and address some of the problems around climate change. So the link there, you know, it's quite hard to set up a business that's based around climate change. But I knew if I could create content helping people who were trying to do good things and particularly I saw construction as an industry that it needed to get itself going down a better course because there's a lot of very poor construction that goes on, carbon emissions connected to that. And so that's where I wanted to dig myself in. So it was really taking the plunge. I thought to begin with, I'm just going to have to use the skills I have as a freelancer, go out there, make videos, um, help people with podcasts if I can, just use those and then gradually dig myself in, try and get more and more focused on construction, people who are doing green building well and just anything like that. I've got longer term plans as well. I want to build myself a, an energy efficient house. So that's sort of slotted beside that. Cool. So your your niche kind of came first. You really thought about who, well, it's, it's, in fact, it sounds almost like a, a bigger, wider purpose of trying to, you know, do something decent for the world as well as make a living. But you really decided to focus early on. I think the reason was because I've been lucky enough to be introduced to what was happening in new media. It sounds so weird that you can work in radio and television and just have no clue about it. I know about YouTube, I know about blogging, but tying it all together and understanding what is actually happening and how people are manipulating it and using it well. And I had a, a friend who just said, you ought to listen, you like business podcast, etc. Why don't you listen to this one called Internet Business Mastery? And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. I'd written it down somewhere. And you know, 99% of the time, you don't go and do anything with that information. But I did. And then three months down the line, when I listened to 200 episodes, because I had a long commute in the car, I suddenly said, oh, yeah, I really enjoyed that recommendation. I think Mike, who actually is the organiser of New Media Europe that you're going to be speaking at, um, yeah, he, he was amazed that I'd checked it out to begin with. And that's where I realised that I could go and I could set up a business that was producing content, but I would get bored eventually if I was helping people to, you know, I could maybe use my skills, get yourself to be a better presenter, this and that. But I just didn't think the long term was in it for me. It had to be something that could hold my interest. And if I could go out there and solve climate change, <laughs> which is obviously not going to, you know, never going to run out of things to, to try and throw at this mission. So that's behind everything I do. And I think that that's quite a nice, solid foundation. Uh, as you hear the story unfold, you, you'll see that I haven't got very far, but even <laughs> in trying to build my house. But I know that this is something that I enjoy and it keeps my mind thinking and I know there's a lot more I could do if I had more resources. So it just keeps me going forwards. So just to put everything in perspective, when did you leave radio and actually find yourself, you know, switching profession almost? I've been at this for four years now. And when we say content creation, what are we talking about? Well, for my clients, it will be videos mainly. Um, that's 99% of what I do. And then I have this podcast, which is all about my journey of learning to build an energy efficient home. And that 
has meant that I can just go and interview some of the top people around the world. This is what's so funny is that not many people are doing what I'm doing. So I just get straight in there, can speak to experts all over the world. They're very happy to and just pick up bit by bit. So I've opened a membership website uh, last year, which was very exciting. So trying to build up the number of members that I've got in there and the content that I provide. You see, this is the weird thing that online, a lot of people are th- thinking, how can I use content to manipulate the amount of traffic I get to the website, this and that? And I'm trying to design a business that allows me me to make content <laughs> it's sort of a flip way around so okay so so there's so it, there's almost two strands to that business then so there's the video production uh, amongst other things for your clients and they work in the construction industry correct and then there is your own podcast and membership site which is also linked into uh, building your own hack so it's called house planning help yeah there's an overlap too. It's quite nice in a way that actually I get a lot of construction leads from my podcast because I never thought putting this together that I'd actually have any architects or people who work in construction interested because I'm aiming at people like me who want to build a house. But it's a funny thing that I guess it's their profession. They're interested in what I'm up to and so they're listening too. So that does feed in. And yeah, I think it goes around in a nice circle. I haven't got it all sussed. I'm not saying it's perfect, but I, I think it's, it's going to grow nicely is, is where the importance bit is. So was there a period where you were working in radio and also creating videos for people in construction? Or did you just sever one and start afresh for the next day, if you see what I mean? Another very good question. You see, that would have been brilliant if I thought ahead. And- <laughs> well, you, you said you were thinking ahead, though. Well, I was thinking ahead long term, but was I actually doing it? The trouble is that breakfast radio is very, very draining. And two things I said, I was throwing my all at this job. Maybe in the last one or two months, I was making preparations because we knew that our boss had been kicked out. And so that wasn't good news. Normally, when a new boss comes in, they want to select their people. So you've either got to win their favour or you know that you're out looking for another job. So, oh yeah, I had that time, but I don't know. I... <laughs> It was a tricky thing because video, I think, is not very good as a freelance profession. It's a team game. So although I can do all the bits and I've made videos since I was 11, I borrowed my neighbour's video camera, uh, much to my parents' dismay, and just kept on doing, oh, can I borrow your video camera today and go and make things? <laughs> so you've got the video side going out and shooting it. You've got lighting it. You've got the sound. Then you've got the editing afterwards. You've got graphics, all these amazing things you can do these days, analytics. So really, I don't think it's great for just one freelancer on his own. These days, it's great that uh, I can do this and I can reach out to people. I don't have to have an office or anything. I just pass it on and say, look, can you script this for me or can you do that? And so that comes together that way. But it's not as if I'm a copywriter and I just, I write all the copy and that's what I do every day. Okay. So because you you do trade as a production company. Yes. And is that how you started out right at the beginning? As in you, you didn't trade as content creator Ben Adam Smith, you started out as a production company. No, I started out, again, this was quite good, having a purpose that I called myself Regen Media. And the idea behind that is regeneration, that everything I do is is trying to improve things, make it better. So that was the idea behind it. And then to begin with, I remember the first thing I did was some cookery videos, I think. I'd 
been on an Indian cookery course. It was fantastic. And <laughs> I don't even know how it came together, but we just got talking about video and they trusted me and I put a price out there, just picked it out of the air. And that's the good thing, I suppose, when you're starting small, you're controlling the numbers, everything you do, it's just your time that you can just, so long as you've got the time to put it in there, I didn't have a young son then. So you just get on and do it and then it grows little by little. I don't think I have much strategy. That's the other thing coming from the media that... I had no business sense, which is weird because I love the business side. I wouldn't say I'm good at it, but I just love learning. And for me, that's what's most exciting is to see growth and to see yourself look back last year and think, wow, actually, since last year, I've done this. Or look at some video you made in the first year and then three years down the road, look at a video and think, whoa, yeah, progress, exciting stuff. So you started as a production company, which is still what you do now. So you then outsource to other freelancers and create your own teams, but you don't have your own production office, you know, studio or anything like that sort of thing. Yeah, I have one person who works part time, but, uh, you know, all the time that I can access a virtual assistant, really. And then other people that I pass different compartments of, of what I do. And I think that that's actually a lot trickier than this is something good that if you're starting out in freelancing and you can do everything yourself it's nice. It's, it's it's a little safety net that you've got that you know that you can put in the hours and you can bring in that money. But I think this is it's a balancing act. When you've got different people to do your jobs, they're going to eat away at that money that you're bringing in. But it is essential for growth if you want to continue and to be a better business, which is I'm do- why I'm doing this at the moment. I'm not saying I'm hugely successful about how I'm doing it, but I know I've got to work out how to manage teams better and ideally become more of a leader than a manager. So you've got this idea that you want to make videos for the construction industry, but when you start out, you had no connections within the construction industry. Uh, so... I mean, I mean, one one aspect to this question is kind of answered in that you clearly didn't just do construction videos because you did the Indian cooking video when you were starting yep. out. But how did you go about finding those first clients? I think one of the best things that I did was going to conferences in the construction industry. Ah. So there's one called the ACB conference. There's another called um, the Passive House Trust, and I got in with them and did some award videos. So I just got myself known in the space. Of course, it doesn't happen overnight. And the podcast helped as well as I was interviewing people. I got introduced to more people who might want to use video content. One of the toughest things is that construction is a little bit behind other industries. I I think that it needs to speed up a bit, but that makes it quite difficult sometimes when I'm looking at what I would love to do and to be able to say, look, I can show you how effective your video is. If you've got your website built on something like HubSpot and we can get all the analytics and you can see your sales leads, you know, that's what I'd love to do because it just seems a common path that you can track all the analytics and you can know where all your leads are coming from and you can... Um, use Wistia and so forth and plug them all in. And I think that that data is very, very important to all of us as freelancers because that's what the internet is really, isn't it? Okay, yeah. So Wistia is a video hosting site aimed at businesses, just in case. Um, And HubSpot CRM. It's a piece of software that just, I don't know how it does it. It sends out (laughs) tracking things and it's scary (laughs) what they know about you. But they can just 
make sure that they know that when this sale has gone through, it's because of this piece of content that you've created, or I can tell that you've watched 20 pieces of content. And then you can go back and you can actually think, well, that was worth the investment in the money. And that's yeah. where I'd like to get to. Because I think when you can prove these things, your sales job is just so easy, isn't it? It's 99% marketing. You see, it's, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Because I remember Joel, who we had on, who's a copywriter, he now insists that every project he does has analytics you know, within it so that he can prove his worth. And that is perhaps easier with writing than Mm. trying to get people to readjust their whole websites and things. Yes. I've tried it a couple of ways. One way I even said I will do it all for free because I wanted to sort it out and just work out how am I going to offer this to clients. And it's just so difficult because you need to plug into their analytics. They get a bit, oh, you know, why, why do you want to do this and set up campaigns? And really... If you're not buying into the idea, it's a load of work. So I haven't quite got there yet, uh, but I know that that is what I've got to keep my eye on and working out how do I get there in future. So you went to conferences to find uh, construction people. You started a podcast and then that grew a reputation, but also every single person was a a new person in your network, basically, who could refer Mm -hmm. you. Uh, So it, it, it sounds like very, very much kind of like personable networking, that, that found you to work? I would say almost entirely, particularly because I didn't have much strategy. You know, something I might do now would be to email out a PDF or short video series, something of value, and then say, look, if you want to do a 30-minute free session, then just click here and it's all automated so that it will just go into your Google calendar. And then you do that session. You don't even really need to do a hard sale, but it almost puts the emphasis back on you that uh, if you've helped them in a big way, they want to help you. I've seen that a few times. That's been interesting, particularly on projects where perhaps they didn't have the budget and I don't know whether I should have taken the work, but I take the work on and then by the end of it, you see that they really want to help you. So that's another interesting angle to all of this pricing. So when you started your podcast, were you thinking, oh, yeah, at some point I'm going to turn this into a membership site? Or was it purely because you wanted to make a podcast? I don't know. I knew it was important for what I wanted to do. And so I set it up. I never wanted to monetize it in advertising because that's something you could do you could put on advertising but what i think is much better is if you integrate into the podcast something that you're selling particularly if you've got that opportunity to make a product again as i say i like all this bit i like all the content creation it's hard work and particularly now that i've started this membership site the challenge is actually keeping up with all of that content and trying to grow the community at the same time but i know it's the right thing to do i I can feel that it's getting there. It's just, I've got to keep it going. I've got to keep the confidence, got to keep delivering when I say I'm going to deliver. And then hopefully I will get there. And I've been working with a business coach too. This is another exciting thing. I think when you're a sign that um, you can risk it to sort of put it into a business coach, that that has really helped me come on in terms of strategy. So getting better sales pages up there and um, and yeah. Yeah, it's been very, very fun. But uh, yeah, I wanted to make it go faster. Interesting. So when, when did you take on a business coach? So that was last year, I should think about September or October. And how does that work? So it's 
12 sessions that you pay for a fee and then yeah you just hook up you talk about your business you set goals you've got some accountability there and of course you're paying quite a bit of money for this as well so there's you just you want to make it work you want to uh, do all the homework so that you're getting ahead and it also has to be someone that you believe you trust and that is almost in a position where you want to get to so someone further down the road and how have you found that I found it good. One of the embarrassing points was before I met Kelly, um, I I wasn't really using the cloud properly. So say, for example, emails, I just had this thing, oh, I don't want to store my emails in the cloud. And so that was one of the first things she just, Ben, you can't, you can't work like this. You're really going to, if you do this <laughs> and if you buy the Dropbox professional package, all of these sorts of things, you won't look back from it because everything, that's just how modern equipment works. It wants you to go into this hole, really. So I just thought, okay, well, I'm not going to put my finance stuff on there, but I'm just going to jump and see what happens. And it was, it was exactly the right decision to do. The other thing she's really helped me with is just organisation because, yeah, I, it's not a strength of mine. Um, and I still haven't got on top of that, but writing out processes. Also, when you've written out the process, working out who that role is. You don't even necessarily have to have a person for it, but is this a role for an editor? Is this a role for a script writer? So you've got all these different roles. How long does it take on average? And that helps for things like new videos that now we've got a process that we go through and we know if you're taking on a lot, one of the scary things can be getting out of touch. So it's sort of, but when you know they're on step five, They've just started on step one. We're finishing up on step 12 here. It just makes it slightly more manageable. Mm. That's interesting, yeah. How, I mean, you mentioned finance in there. How have you found it? Did did coming from, uh, you know, you said, you said you've actually been freelance for a long time in radio, and even though those were long contracts, it did mean that you had to take care of your tax and all of that kind of thing. So was that beneficial? Yeah, that wasn't too difficult. The tricky part is having everything you need by the end of the month. And I don't know about you, but as a freelancer for the first couple of years, it was, oh my God, how are we at the end of the month already? (laughs) And it just, that cycle seems so quick. So it was a little bit scary and I probably, some months I'd be ahead, some months I wouldn't to begin with. uh, And it just takes a bit of time. But I think once, once you're underway... You'll get there eventually. You've just got to have faith in yourself that you will sort it out. I think the trickier side for me is just I see ahead as to where I want to be. And that often means doing things that don't make sense. (laughs) For example, in my membership website, for me, I can see that this is brilliant content. If we can produce videos of an entire house build and do this multiple times. So they're case studies effectively. And a bit like on Grand Designs, but without all the silly story behind it. Oh, uh, oh they've lost all their money. And just forget all of that. Uh, so that's what I went out and did. Even before I set up the membership website, a year beforehand, we started to film that. So I was putting in money, putting in money, and just think, oh, God, this this is crazy. And that's what I was saying about the membership website building. It's building, but it's building slowly. And I think sometimes you've got to take those risks. You'll know if... Now is the right time to take the risks. And probably as a content creator, I'm a dangerous person that I I just, oh, I'd love to make this. And I want to make it as good as I can make it. (laughs) So there's a definite balance that you have sometimes got to look at the finances. And I know I should do that more often, but I'm, I'm I'm looking into the future. 
What's cool is that it's you know there's, there's this huge entrepreneurial side to it in creating the product of of the membership site in particular. But actually, it sounds like you're making video content and everything on there that you can use to show off to your construction industry clients. Well, this comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning, that one of the reasons why I wanted to follow this through is, look, we've got great video footage. Okay, we're not going to use it in the same form on the internet again, but when we go to conferences, Alex, the self-builder who's let me in on his project, we're able to go together to a conference and give a really kick-ass presentation showing Things that you just, it just doesn't exist anywhere. No one's doing it and they're not doing it because it's expensive to do. So that's why I feel that video is my secret weapon and I should be doing it and I should be pushing myself to make it happen. So I'm excited about trying to promote things. We have this standard called Passive House, which is just, it's the no brainer way. If you're building something new, you should build it to that standard. I'm not going to go into why, but that message just isn't out there. And 99.9% of buildings are not built that way. And so there's some excitement for me to to think, well, if I can get more of this footage out there and try and make people realise that this is common sense, then hopefully that can help a little bit. So have you gone from just uh, attending conferences then to being on stage or being part of them by sounds of it? I have, yeah. I did my first one at Self Build event down in Bristol before Christmas. And that was quite scary because it's one thing I can get up and I can talk about making videos or marketing because I feel I know a lot about it. But I feel imposter. It's the imposter syndrome that you get up there. And I haven't built my house. I'm still looking at plots. I was looking at one yesterday, which is very nice, but very expensive. It's the story of where I live. And so going to this and getting up and thinking, my goodness, what what's going to happen? You know, do I look like I really know what I'm talking about? And the crowd were great. The slides went down well. Yeah, so it was quite comfortable. I know I couldn't answer anything really technical, but I'm further ahead than if you were just starting, which a lot of those people were. So, And I feel that I have resources to share that I've built up on my website, coming up to about 130 different podcasts now with experts and also self-builders so there's a lot of good information that they could get stuck into man yeah good for you it is an impressive thing and and a really good podcast of course we'll put a link at the website beingfreelance.com and speaking of podcasts this episode is supported by the podcast host they have everything you could need to get a podcast started and if you already have one everything you could need ideas and mentorship and courses and technical guidance on how to grow it as well so even if you don't think you've either got the skills or the time to do a podcast they are able to help you in getting one started and also do the production element of it you know edit it master it publish it to the world so yeah don't be frightened they're really nice guys the podcast host and you can find them via our website go to beingfreelance.com back to you though ben so it sounds like you had quite a lot of issue with job stability and you know bosses coming and going so how's it feel being your own boss it feels great yeah and you've got to remember that if you're doing this and things don't work out it's down to you but also you have the power to change it. So you can just go off in a completely different direction. There's nothing wrong with failing. You've just got to think, didn't work, pick yourself up. Right, how can I either make this better or how can I go off in a new direction? You've just got to learn the lessons. I think that that's really important. Learn what went wrong, why did it go wrong, don't do that again, and then move on. What's gone most 
wrong? Because a lot of this, you know, it sounds sounds really great. What's what's been the you know toughest for you? Well, it doesn't, doesn't have to have gone wrong, <laughs> but but what's been tough for me? I think that one of the challenges I face is that I'm, I'm a bit of a worrier, and I know that you have your question that you ask sometimes about what would you tell your younger self about freelancing, and, and I think that that's it. That really being the sort of person and knowing yourself, you're actually you're going to do a good job. I know it's going to be frightening sometimes that, say, for example, I've got a project on at the moment where it's involving a bit more drama in the videos, and I've never done that before. I'm much more a documentary-style person. And it's a bit scary because I thought I could cover it myself, and then when we went and we did some stuff, this is a, um, a training video um, in a school that's built to this Passive House standard. And I just think that what I need to do instead of trying to tackle it myself, is to bring more people in, people who've got experience storyboarding and people who can just make it happen. And I can watch, I can learn. You know, I probably don't want to do it myself. I know that I'm more of a documentary-style person, but that's, that's for me, it, the challenge is that I've just got to make sure these things don't get on top of me and realise that there's always a way through. Just keep going. Now, I always do this thing where I ask you to give me three facts about yourself, make two true, one a lie, let me figure out the lie. What have you got for me? I've terminated an interview with the 80s band Madness. <laughs> I fired the machine guns on a James Bond gadget. Wow. And I once engaged the services of a witch doctor. <laughs> um, okay. Terminate? Why? Why would you get rid of madness? They weren't in the studio with me. They were. We have a what's called an ISDN hookup, and I must normally it's lots of different people, but this must have been the first one of the day or after a break. And so sometimes you're hooked up with them before they might realise. And they came into the studio going, "Oh, oh, what the local radio? Oh, what's your favourite colour?" And I don't know. I just took well, not not realising that you could hear them. Yeah, no, I don't think they'd even sat down. It was when they came in through the door, just thinking, oh, ha, ha, ha. And I just thought that that didn't really show much respect. So I uh, said that there was a technical issue, <laughs> chicken's way out here, and just uh, sort of, oh, oh, gone off there and apologised to the person afterwards. But I just thought, no. How on earth did you fire machine guns on James Bond's car? It wasn't a car. This was an autogyro, and it was called Little Nelly, and my grandfather knew the inventor of this gadget so i managed to go and sit in there it obviously wasn't a real machine gun attached to it as caps but um for a little kid that is just like (laughs) got a picture to prove it as well and why did you need a witch doctor the witch doctor was i'd done some work in africa and everyone kept telling me that this project that i'd done would be in trouble the second i left and people would take all the money out of it so i went to the witch doctor i said who's the most powerful witch doctor around here and i asked him for a protection (laughs) spell and nothing happened (laughs) to this place when i was there so it worked man okay i don't know i i mean i want you to have fired a james bond gadget i love the idea of me what did the witch what does a witch doctor look like this one had long hair and um, they go around, they, they hold normally a stick of fire or something and sing and, um, yeah, all sorts. I don't think the witch doctor's true. 
the madness one was the made-up one. Ah! That's so cool, though. That means you did meet a witch doctor. Actually, I've got it all on video as well. <laughs> that's great. Um, before we wrap up, you, you mentioned the fact that you n- now have a son, one son? Yes, James, coming up to two. So how has that fitted in with being freelance? Where I'm speaking to you now is James's bedroom. <laughs> so uh, we're obviously looking to build a house and we're trying to keep ourselves in a small house for now but it makes it quite tricky actually and there's definite balance issues in terms of I work in here oh he needs a nap I need to get on the laptop somewhere else or go down to a cafe but I wouldn't change it for the world because I've seen him grow up even this morning when we we're having breakfast just repeating words it's just I haven't missed out at all I know it can be tricky sometimes and I get frustrated um, but I, I try and balance my life in terms of blocking time so that I only work mornings except for Wednesday when I work all day. That's because he's got all day at the nursery and then I can be a daddy for the rest of the time. So you haven't gone out and found, you know, a co-working space or, or rented an office or something. You've you've managed to keep it working at home. I really don't want to do that. And I'm going to try all of my life unless there's a very, very good reason why to do that. I don't want to do it because... I actually like working from home. I also think that that's just the way businesses will go. Co-working spaces, you're right, they're brilliant. And probably I could dip in and out of those and it would be fine. So that's a good solution, but not hiring an office. If I can avoid hiring an office and getting more into construction, if I can think of, well, what would this look like without an office? Because that's the first thing that everyone in a traditional business does. Oh, let's get an office. Let's get some business cards. All of those sorts of things. (laughs) Good luck. When are you meant to build your house, by the way? This summer was the deadline that I set. This was four years ago, and I thought it was totally doable. As I mentioned, we saw a piece of land that we liked yesterday, and it's more expensive than I would like as well, but a lot of things going for it. And I'm just wondering, there's a side of me that doesn't want to plough all of my money. I was hoping for something a little bit further down the scale, but I've been round and round in circles on a few times now, and I'm wondering whether this is the time just to go for it. I may regret some of these decisions at the end, but I may not. Who knows? And I want to get this house built and I know that this one's getting too small. So yeah, we're going to have a go at this, see if we can get this piece of land. Are you someone who sets deadlines in everything? Like you you, you seem to be a a long-term planner. I like to because I think that then you can check your progress and see how you've done. So I do like that smart approach of instead of just saying, I'm going to become a motorcycle champion how do you, you know, when, when you want to do this? Is it, is it possible, you know, or breaking it down into smaller goals of I want to win this event by then. So I think that that's really, really important. And even if you miss them, so long as you don't say those things and then really just give up. And that's quite a good analogy as well, that um, you've never failed until you've given up. Nice. I like that. Um, thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you in your home one day. <laughs> it will happen. With, with the James Bond picture on the wall uh, and, the, and the witch doctor. And who knows, may, may, um, may, maybe your own office within it as well. Uh, <laughs> imagine. <laughs> that will be fun. Do you know what? I, I bet even then, for old time's sake, you keep a cot in the corner. Um, <laughs> ben, lovely to speak to you. All the best being freelance. It's been a lot of fun, Steve. Thank you. So there we go. What a nice guy and um, doing some really cool, ambitious stuff. Clearly, 
invests a lot in his business, doesn't he? You can find out all the links at beingfreelance.com. Join us on Twitter. Find Ben there as well. And it would be remiss of me not to point you in the direction of his podcast. Believe me, you don't have to be planning on building your own house. I'm not. I struggle building my own flat pack furniture. But check out his podcast. There's some really interesting episodes where it talks a bit more generally about how crazy the new build house situation, particularly in the UK, is. Like, shockingly bad. Uh, some really compelling stories on there and also looking at what they do in other countries kind of makes you look at look at it all a bit differently actually so yeah if you um fancy it house planning help i highly recommend it so yeah for links as ever being freelance.com we can check out the other guests find links to subscribe however you might normally and also sign up for the newsletter uh check that out as well being freelance.com anyway you have a great week being freelance <laughs>